This is the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 296, Family and Running. Today, we're going to talk about how we believe that family can improve our running and how running can improve our family life. So stay tuned. If you're looking for ways to bring more joy into your running and you want to be a physically and mentally stronger runner, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so welcome to the podcast today. We are continuing our series about how we are connecting running with the other core values that we have in our lives. And so if you caught our episode a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how we connect faith to our running. Today, we want to talk about how we connect family to our running journey, because we believe that we can use running as a way to grow closer to our family and also use our family to help improve our running journey. Because we find that a lot of runners kind of see those two things as different. They see it running as something outside of their family or even something that they use to kind of get away from their family sometimes. But if you're doing that all the time, we can see that that leads to a lot of disconnection within some people, especially if you hold family as a high priority and a high value in your life. So today we want to talk about how family is one of our cornerstones and how we use our family and our running to work together and so that we can use our family to help bring more satisfaction, more security, and more joy into your running journey as well. Excellent. I think our first big point here is sort of the idea of how running can in fact improve family. And a lot of people, as you pointed out there, separate runnings over here and my interaction with my family is over there. Mm-hmm. And the the disconnection, because you can do that. You could have running to the left and family to the right, and that's fine. Right. And maybe you want that disconnection, mm-hmm. but if you really highly value both, I think that sometimes by trying to keep them separate, you feel this awkward disjointed inside of yourself because the two things are staying separate. And I think by uniting them, you really can improve both of them. So first move, how running can actually strengthen your family life. Right. Because if you view running as time away from your family or as separation from your family, this can lead to a couple things. Number one, we often see that it leads to guilt. So if you value your family and you think that running is time away from your family, a lot of times people feel guilty and it it can be very hard to leave your family to go out for a run. And I know that I fell into this trap for a really long time um, after our second baby was born. I was inconsistent for over three years after the birth of our second child, because I felt so guilty. Like I felt like I was leaving my kids to go out for a run. And now I have a completely different view on that. And we're going to talk about that more um, today in in this episode. But if you see that, you know, running is taking away from my family, there's that sense of guilt that is very, um, very real, you know, that sense of mom guilt or dad guilt. Oh, dad guilt is definitely a thing. I mean, I remember when we still had like such little newborns, I would try and feed my, fit my running into nap time, hmm. which is not super effective. It leads to a whole heck of a lot of exhaustion. Yeah. You know, when you, we just had the one kid and the, the big advice people were like is if they're sleeping, try to sleep yourself. And <laughs> I would try and squeeze in like a five mile run, which is like the opposite of sleeping yourself. Yeah. Or I would, I wouldn't run until after we had the kid 
kid down for the night. I was still trying Mm -hmm. to be like a nighttime runner because I felt like anytime the kid was awake, this was like a brand new baby that we had. I wanted to try and spend as much time with her as possible. Mm -hmm. So running did feel like I was pulling away, but you know, as, as they grow up and we've sort of evolved a little bit, Mm -hmm. I I can view this entirely differently. Did you feel that way with the second child as well? Or was it more for the first with you? more for the first actually. So I felt like with me, it was a little bit easier for me to get back into it with baby number one. And I think that that's part of that's because I was home with her more than you were, right? you know? So like the way that it worked for us is when our first child was born, I started working part-time so that I could be home with her, you Mm -hmm. know, most of the time. Um, And so I was working part-time, but you were still working full-time. So that makes sense why you would kind of feel like you would want to be with her whenever you weren't at work. As much time as possible. So the jogging stroller helped with that. Yes. Even if nothing was happening there, the kid could have been sleeping the jogging stroller. I still felt like I was there. I wasn't missing anything. Yeah. But for me, it was definitely after the second kid when it was a lot harder. Our first child was older. So she could talk back and she could like, Mm -hmm. let me know that she was upset that I was leaving. And so what happens here is if you then change your running and and not to say you, you can't shift it, adjust it, change it. Obviously you're going to have to make adjustments when your kids are born. Life is not the same, no matter what, it will never be the same again. Right. (laughs) It just won't. Right. So yeah, you have to make some adjustments, but if you are constantly giving up your running for your family, that can lead to even like a deeper sense of almost resentment. And I know that's a very strong word to use. And a lot of us don't want to say, oh, I resent my kids, but that's really what it is. And maybe it's not quite to that degree where you're resenting them consciously, but unconsciously, it's like you're blaming your kids. Maybe blame is a better word for it, right? Instead of resentment. Resentment feels very strong. It's gray area. But in a way you blame your kids because you're not going out for the run. And it's not your kids that are doing that. Your kids aren't stopping you from going out to run, even if they are holding your legs <laughs> as you try to walk out the door. It's still your choice whether or not you walk out the door or not, right? Like, And so, yes, the guilt and the blame do go together and, and the shame around all of it too, because there's that, you know, from, from shame is like, am I being a good mom? Like yeah. there's that shame there as well. Of, am I doing what's best for my kids is, you know, me leaving them to go out and do this. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And so what we want to show you guys <clears throat> today is that if you value your family, these two things can work together and running can actually improve your relationship with your family because family is more than just time spent together. Like, yes, that is a big part of it. And we are high believers in quality time and really spending a lot of time with our family. But ultimately, it's our job as parents to create independent children that are able to grow up, that are able to take care of themselves. And a big part of that for us, and this is one of the big shifts I had to make in my thinking at that time, is that I needed to be an example to my kids of what I wanted healthy behavior to look like. I needed to model what a healthy lifestyle looked like. And I had to show them that it was a good thing for me to take time for myself to go out and make sure that I'm taking care of my physical health. I'm taking care of my mental health, that that's going to help me become a better mother for them. And it's not just me telling my kids what to do. It's not just me spending endless hours with my children. It's also teaching them and giving them an example of what I think is a good way to live their 
to live our lives. Yeah. I mean, part of this gets hung up on the idea that you just need to be with your kids at all times. Yeah. And it's, it's a quantity time sort of thing rather than quality time Ooh, with your kids. Yeah, that's important. And if you've got this, this guilt and this underlying resentment of the kid is somehow holding you back from whatever the running goal is, because you're not able to focus as much on running as you want. That's not quality time with mm-hmm. them. That's time where you, you're thinking about the, the run that you're missing. Yeah. You're thinking about the run that you had to cut short. You're like, man, I should probably be doing some strength training, but I guess I'll read this book for the 15th time. Like (laughs) it's a different mindset. And if you're able to go out and get in a run, it puts you into a better place. Mm -hmm. So then you can be better for the kid as well. But it's also, it also comes down to that whole modeling aspect. And it's not just modeling the importance of running. It's modeling the importance of the whole healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that is that sometimes saying that I need to, to step away from this situation so that I can take care of myself. So I can be the healthiest version of myself as possible. I mean, and that's modeling boundaries, right? Like you're, you're teaching your kids that these are the boundaries I have. And, and believe me, I'm not saying that you need to set a boundary on the amount of love for your children. Obviously like our love is unbounded, but we do need to set boundaries with everyone in our lives. We need to decide for ourselves what is okay and what is not okay. And so for you, maybe missing one run per week is okay, but missing two or three is not okay. That can be a boundary that you set for yourself. So in order to adjust your, you know, running schedule, maybe Previously, you were running five days a week and you decide, you know what, I'm going to cut it back to four days a week because that's going to allow me a little bit more flexibility. Mm -hmm. I know that I have more responsibilities with my kids and I'm going to be okay with that. But cutting all the way back to three days a week is not okay with me. You know, every now and then if it happens, I get sick, things happen, whatever, you know, that can, um, we can maybe drop down to that. But that kind of goes back to our idea of minimum exercise level, which is what we talked about a few episodes back you know, understanding what that minimum is for you and making sure that you set that boundary for yourself so that you know, I need to take care of myself. This is the minimum amount of exercise that I can get in so that I'm still taking care of myself so that I can show up better for my family. And then above that, right? Like, what do you actually want to get in? What are your goals? What What is going to allow you to strive for goals outside of your family as well. Yes, your family can still be a priority, but you can show them that it's important for you to also have other goals and for you to work hard and strive for them and actually achieve those other goals. You're modeling that as well. Right. And I mean, we've done a lot of this on how running and in the family relationship with kids, but what about the family relationship with your significant other? Mm-hmm. Like this is also something that the communication is super key. Yeah. You know, when you talk about minimum exercise levels, you need to be very open with, with your partner in the yep. relationship of this I don't want to go below this level Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to sort of move the days around. Maybe, you know, I like to have, have my Fridays off, but I'm, I can do it if I have a Tuesday off. I just, I need to move things around because once I've already taken two off days at the beginning of the week, I'm going to want to close out the rest of the week. If, if your number is four or five days and you take two or three right at the beginning, you're going to want to run the back end. And that needs to be a very open and honest communication with 
all members of the family, not just with kids. Yeah. It's not just setting up that boundary. It's setting up so that everybody is on the same page and realizes what what goals you're striving for and mm-hmm. what steps you want to take so that you can try and reach those goals. Yeah, I think that's really important to point out also because that is a way that running is just the vehicle that is going to help you improve your communication with your family, Yeah. right? Because this is giving you a topic and allowing you to say, guys, this thing is really important to me and here's what I need to do about it. And here's how I need your support in this, right? This is the goal that I'm chasing. And um, this is kind of getting into like our next step of how family can improve our running. But like when you think about how running actually improves your family, it can improve your communication skills, right? It can improve your ability to set those boundaries. It can improve your ability to take time for yourself. And then the time that you do have with your family, maybe you can be more intentional to make that more quality time Mm -hmm. since you don't have maybe the biggest or the amount of the quantity that you want. You can have more focused quality time with the family. Yeah. And I think that that part of when you're striving for a goal and your family can see that you're striving for a goal, how important it is, it doesn't have to be important to them. Mm -hmm. It they they should be there supporting, but they don't have to quite fully understand it. They just have to understand that it is in fact important to you mm-hmm. and so that they can be there because you don't have to make little runners out of everybody else in your family. Yeah. You may want to, you may not want to, <laughs> but it's helpful to have this idea that goals are important. It's okay to strive for them yeah. and have open and communication with everybody around you. Yeah. And I think that that's important too. Like when we say that, running can improve your family life. We don't mean that you necessarily have to turn your whole family into runners, right? Like I think that all of us kind of have that vision though, right? Like if if running is something that's very important to us and we're like, oh my gosh, isn't it going to be fun when like our kids can go to the 5Ks and run 5Ks with us? And it is like, we've done that as well, like with our children, but we're also dealing with some pushback now with our 13 year old, right? So it's also important to acknowledge your kids or your spouse as the independent humans that they are and not push them into something that they don't want to do. Right. So don't pin the bib on for them (laughs) against their will. It's not okay. Right. But you know, understanding that maybe they complain that they're gonna have to wake up early, but they really do like going out and supporting you at a race. Most of the time, I would say, like, I know that our kids, they've obviously grown up with it, both with our running and then also supporting the cross country team that we coach. Also true. And they used to look forward to it all the time. Like when they were little, they loved it, right? They loved getting the cross country t-shirts and they would go out and support the team. They would be super excited for all of it. As they're getting older, there's less excitement for some of those things. Yeah. And there's a lot more of, mom, can I just stay home and not go to this one today? The season feels like it drags a little <laughs> right, bit more as they right. get a little bit older. Right. But I think that they're still seeing all of the, you know, underlying benefits of all of it, right? Like they're still seeing how it's important to live a healthy lifestyle. They're still seeing how it's important to set goals and to achieve goals and to go out and do really hard things. Because sometimes, even though my kids will sometimes complain a little bit more about it now, I will hear them in other conversations (laughs) with people kind of bragging about us, you know, of like, or about Kevin and his race and, and this and that. So I know that there is that underlying pride in what we do and kind of who we are as a family yeah. as well. I've heard them repeat things from our podcast to their friends. Of like, yeah. Actually, that's not how you should think about this situation. It's really, 
and like the way that they spin it and try and like provide clarity to it it's it's phenomenal but yeah. one of the things this kind of reminds me about teaching geometry is my students always tell me like miss Brown, when am i going to need to know all these things about triangles and my answer is uh probably never you know probably not some of you may use it in various fields it mm -hmm. is useful but you'll probably relearn the details again in the future but geometry is going to think to help you learn how to think it's going to mm -hmm. teach you how to take all these different ideas right. and put them together and thinking is going to work for you regardless of what you want to do mm -hmm. whether you need these geometry facts or not is not super important what i am teaching you is how to actually think clearly yeah exactly okay so we just talked about how running can help us become better connected with our family and better family members. Now we want to move on to how our family can help us become better runners or how family can actually improve our running. And I think that a big thing, you know, this is connected to what we were talking about before, about how a lot of people think that they need to keep their running and their family kind of separated, like they're in two different boxes. And some people even feel like they need to kind of keep their goals to themselves because they're not quite sure. They don't want to say them out loud or if, if they say them out loud, then their family might think they're crazy. They're not going to be on board or supportive with what's going on. And Which that may or may not be true. May or may not be true, but that can lead to a lot of separation and disconnection, right? If you feel separated, like if you think that you're running and your family need to be separated, it can make you feel like you're choosing one over the other, which can lead to only partially chasing those goals because you don't want those goals to take away from your family time. And it can also lead to this feeling of disconnection because you're not getting to celebrate and to share your running journey with your family because you think, well, maybe they don't really care about it. And I know I've fallen into some of these traps. I know you have as well. Mm -hmm. And so we, we understand this from a very granular level. Yeah. The separation is a tricky one because you feel like you're choosing one or the other. So yeah. either you get to improve your family life mm -hmm. or you get to improve your, your running life. Yeah. But if you keep them as separate silos, mm -hmm. then you, you don't get to improve both of them simultaneously. And what we're saying is that you can mm -hmm. like part of this is simply coming from this fear yeah. that your family is not going to support you. And look, here's the thing is your family either thinks you're nuts mm -hmm. because of your running. That's my family. Or they fully support you <laughs> right. because of your running. And they may also think you're nuts. Yeah. Like that's the thing is just because they think you're nuts does mm -hmm. not mean they will not fully support you. Yeah. I think it would be helpful for us to kind of go into a little bit of our experience go here as well, because I think that people might look at us and be like, oh, look, look at these two. They're both runners. <laughs> like lucky them. They understand each other. They can share this. Of course, it's easy for Angie and Kevin. Like they're both runners. Of course, they can connect over their running. So what about if you have a spouse that's unsupportive or if you have other family members that are unsupportive or your kids or, you know, like if there are people in your life that don't support you and you're running, like what, where do we go from there? And have you ever experienced this? I know like I can definitely talk on that because not you, like you've always been very supportive of my running, but looking at kind of my, um, the family that I came from, you yes, know, like sure. my mom, my sisters, right. Like that side of my family, um, they don't really understand it where I think you've kind of come from a different, like your family of origin. That's what I'm the family of origin, right? The family I was born into the family you were born into, right? Like your parents, your sister, they, they understand running. They were runners, right? Yeah, so yeah. you and I both come from running from a, a different 
family experience as well. Right. My mom's only concern about my running is that I'm just still healthy. Right. Like as long as you just don't hurt yourself. Yeah. She's Angie, always nervous Angie, about don't, that. Don't let them hurt himself. Like <laughs> no. that's really the only restriction right. that I'm getting. Well, I get especially, a lot of support from my parents. Especially after the seizures and right. like, you know, those kinds of things too. Like, I mean, your parents have flown from California to Florida to attend some of your races. Whereas your parents have not woken up to attend my races. Yes. My <laughs> parents have never come to one of my races, which is so crazy to me because my mom was the most supportive person in my life growing up. Yeah. Like, and she still is a very supportive person in my life and was always at my sports practices, always at all of my games. Growing up, I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. She was my number one fan. She was my number one supporter. And so it was very strange to me that she didn't get into my running life. You know, she didn't come to support me as a runner. And I think so much of that is because she doesn't understand it. Yeah. She doesn't really see the point like where, you know, for a game, she could sit in the bleachers and, and she could you. watch me the entire you time. never leave the court. Right. You're just there. And in a race, she's like, well, what do you want me to do? Just be at the finish line? Like, what, I, I don't understand. <laughs> what, like, why would I, that? why would I wake up to come do that? And like, I actually talked to her about this at one point about like, mom, you've never actually like, been to one of my races and she's like is that a problem like she didn't she didn't realize that people would that go it to was, watch these things a that people would go to watch them and also that it it meant anything to me yeah also and th and that's on me like of not even expressing because i in a way just kind of assumed that she would want to be a part of it that she would just come and she never even thought that that was like something that she should do Right. I mean, it, there are certainly races that I've had um, that I'm I'm okay if if people don't come. Yeah. There were a couple of races when I was still like high school or college when I was mm -hmm. still would I, I like I'd come home over the summer. There was always a race around the Fourth of July. Yeah. And one time I woke up early and it was down the street from my house. So I like I jogged a two mile warm up to get to the starting line. Mm -hmm. I paid the four dollar entry fee to run the four mile race. That's on the amazing. Of July. Four bucks. There was there's the prizes were like super cheap. It doesn't matter. Like That's just trophies. Still amazing. There was no water. There was no t-shirt. It was called the four on the fourth. It was still... a four mile race and it cost you four dollars. I love it. And it was brilliant. Yeah. So I just woke up and ran down the street and then I ran the race and then I ran home. Yeah. So and nobody came. No one, no one came. Yeah. And it was totally fine because I, I wasn't like training to train and yeah. race that thing really well. When I was in high school, they woke up and drove me down there and cheered, drove around the neighborhood to like watch me run in all yeah. different places. But right. they, they, they cheered through cross country. Like mm -hmm. that was their high school supporting. So they understood it a little bit that more. You can like you on a course, you could conceivably yeah. like bounce to different places and maybe mm -hmm. try and find them at different spots. So yeah. like they kind of see that excitement part of it. Yeah. Which is so interesting though. Cause my, like when I did my first half, it was local. Mm -hmm. It was about a half an hour away from where we live. And so I, I don't know if I assumed I do you remember like when this happened if if it was bothersome to me it was bothersome to you like beforehand or afterwards after okay like did I even, even really think about it before you didn't really question it before yeah and then I was there yeah finished and, and throughout the the race and then afterwards you're like it was weird that my mom wasn't there mm -hmm. like weird was where it went and then you know yeah. feelings evolve from there and you think about it more but like 
straight up, I never asked her to come. That's true. Like I didn't ask her to come. I guess I just assumed that she would want to come or that she would be there. Or I don't know if I assumed that you would say something to her, but possibly, but that's on me, you know, like I, I fully take 100% responsibility for I that. Mean, that's because... where this mistake comes from mm-hmm. is a lack of communication because right. you're not sure what that support's going to be. Yeah. Like, did you want to tell your mom come to this race? Mm-hmm. Like, were you super excited? Were you so confident in yourself? Yeah. Were you confident that she was going to be as excited as you were in mm. the race? Like, well, she didn't get it. See, and, and this is the thing is like, yeah. she's, she still doesn't understand running, right? She still right. doesn't understand why I would do something like <laughs> this. Like she kind of understands it a little bit more since I've talked to her about it now that I've been doing it for so long. Um, and obviously we are helping other people do it and yep. have built a podcast and a business around it. So she's like, she's still super supportive, still one of the top supporters in my life, whatever, you know, whatever you are pursuing, I am, I'm here to back you up. Right. Yeah. Like, which is so amazing, but I guess I never communicated how important it was for me, for her to be there. And I honestly don't even think that I realized how important it was for me to have her there yeah. at that time. And I don't like, I'm like even feeling like a little bit of emotional just talking about it right now, but there was that disconnect of, you know, and it's interesting what you just said of like, would I want them there? And I think that's a very interesting question because I know I've talked to other people like inside our coaching programs and other, you know, running friends of when they don't feel confident that they're going to achieve that goal, mm-hmm. they don't want people there. Like they, right. they straight up don't want anyone to know. know this is even yeah. Like we have somebody on our team that like didn't tell people she was training for a half marathon because yep. like she didn't have the confidence that she was actually going to be able to do it. And she has, and she's done multiple now. And it's like, you know, a different story completely. But I think that that might be part of it too. Like if you're feeling disconnected, Connected from your goal. If you're not feeling confident in yourself, then sharing it with other people can be kind of a scary thing. It's it it's kind of like almost terrifying. It's kind of like when you're new in a pregnancy, yeah. right? Like when you have like a very new idea, a very new dream, a very new goal, do you really want to share that with other people until you've gained confidence in it? Or like when you're early in a pregnancy and you're not quite sure if that pregnancy is going to take hold, especially if you've had a history yep. of miscarriage or other problems in the past, you know, a lot of people will not tell anybody hard and fast before 12 weeks. Other people will tell people as soon as they get that pregnancy test. Yeah. And picture of a pregnancy test on the internet. Right. And I always think it's a very interesting thing of like, whether you choose whether or not to share. Mm-hmm. And I always say, like I when, as I was thinking about this, we chose to share with people earlier than the 12-week mark, yes, especially the people that were close in our life. Like we didn't make it quote unquote Facebook official, right? Until the 12-week mark. But um, but we definitely shared it with people in my life because I was thinking about it and I was thinking, if anything were to happen, God forbid, I would want those people in my life to know, to know. what I was going through. Yep. And would it be hard to tell them that I lost the baby? Absolutely. But I would need their support and I would need them to know that this was going on. They need to know ahead of time so they can also be there for support. Because your family even if they don't get it, they can still be your most supportive environment. Yeah. Because I think that your family, they're, they're at the end of the day, however, whatever the race turns out to be, Mm -hmm. they're still your family. Yeah. So it gives you this huge freedom to fail. 
Right. Because you know that they're still going to be there. Yes. They're still going to love you anyway. Right. It's it's one of my favorite movie lines. It's a little bit of a cheesy movie that I'm going to go for the let's, quote on the cutting bring edge. Bring it in. Bring but it in. It, it's it's where the... the, the and thing... you guys, Kevin knows the cutting edge better I've, than I do. I've seen this way too many times with my mom. He has an older sister <laughs> and a mom that loves it. So so the lines where the, the female figure skater, like the dad's like yelling at her like what did you want what do you what do you need and she looks at him and she goes at the end of the day i just want to know that i can still be your daughter mm. and it's like you you can but sometimes we have this fear that like oh if the race doesn't go well then they're going to look at me differently like i'm a failure no they aren't like it's going to be amazing one of the greatest running experiences i had was you and the girls and a very close friend of ours driving down the highway heading towards key west and we did not make it to key west yeah it, it seems so small when you break down the actual like details of what happened. Yeah. You guys drove down the road, stopped in a whole bunch of parking lots and <laughs> handed me gels and waters. Like that's what happened. Sprayed a lot of sunscreen on top of me. <laughs> like if you, if you explain old towels, right. If you explain the like tiny details of what you did, you're like, okay, well, I mean, that seems helpful, but it almost seems like comical when you like explain all the little details, but what I felt every time I got to like a stop was just this like massive outpouring of love and support. That's what drove me to the next. Obviously I needed some water. I needed a cold towel and yeah. some things like that, but the support was huge. And I knew that if I needed to stop, no one was going to be disappointed that they had driven in the car all day long and I didn't make it to the finish line. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing is when you have such support and you fully trust in that support, it really gives you the opportunity to be like, wow, what is possible mm -hmm. if if failure is completely okay because I'm entirely supported? This would be the softest landing possible. Like I go for the massive jump and I don't quite make it. If I'm going to land, I'm going to land in all the soft, comforting support of family. How big would you dream if you know that failure means you're still going to be supported by your family? Yeah, that's so important because ultimately running is about so much more than just the distances that we cover or more than the times on a clock. And when we put ourselves out there, when we pursue possibility, that is a very vulnerable place to be. Right. Like when we <laughs> chase the our own limits, yep. that is very vulnerable because there is a chance you might fail. A likely chance. A likely <laughs> chance. And we as humans don't like to fail. Period. Like, uh -uh. I don't know any human that's like, yeah, I love failure unless you've reframed it. Yes, that's that's what right. I say. It's the humans that have reframed failure. Right. And, and I used to hate failure. I used to avoid it at all costs. And that kept me from so pursuing so many different things that I probably would have been very good at. Like, I think one is one is soccer. Like I agreed. You would have been so good at soccer. I think I would have been really good at soccer, but Okay, believe it or not, this is coming from the running coach, Angie, right now. The reason I didn't get into soccer was because there was too much running involved. Of there, was. <laughs> there was too much running in both within the sport and then also the conditioning for the sport. They had to like run two miles, I think, that before was, was my favorite practice. Sport. <laughs> it's so crazy, right? But this was Angie in middle school. And so Angie in middle school was also very naturally, I, I'm just like a naturally athletic human in general. I pick up things pretty quickly. And so soccer, going out in soccer, 
all of the sports that I had played previous to that were all hand-eye coordination, volleyball, basketball, softball, football, you know, mm-hmm. frisbee, like all the fun sports that you play with your friends and your family and all of that, as well as the competitive sports that I was playing. And all of a sudden they were asking me to do things with my feet. And I wasn't immediately good at it. And so I was like, what is this sport? I have to run a lot and I have to do things with my feet and I'm not good right away. Yep. And so I quit. I quit during tryouts in middle school. Mm-hmm. And I, the coach was like, why are you quitting? And I'm like, because this isn't my sport. And he's like, could be, it could be right. Like, and he was a little disappointed. I was like, no, no, no. You know? And like, I just kind of like blew it off. Like I'm better at these things. I'm just going to focus over here on these things. But based on what I know about myself now, based on my body type and kind of like the muscle that I'm able to do, the speed that I'm able to do, I probably would have been a pretty darn good soccer player. Yeah. You just needed a little bit of time. Yeah. But But also like, if I think about it, like sometimes I think about that and I'm like, I probably would have been pretty good. And then I'm like, but if I would have played soccer, I wouldn't have played basketball. Also very true. Because they're the same season. And then you would have not had all of your basketball experiences. I would have had all my basketball experiences and brought in one of the most influential people in my life, which is my basketball coach in high school, who led me to really encourage me to go to Notre Dame where I met you, which is like, you know. he's also the person that then gave me like the connection to get an interview to have the job that I have Right. right now. Right. So basketball might have been important. Basketball was important in my life, even so, though soccer. So, this is, <laughs> so that, that was like the most controversial okay. thing we've ever said on the podcast. Who soccer or football? Football. Football. Um. So anywho, but everything in life happens for a reason. That's for sure. And I know that was kind of a tangent, but um, that's kind of getting back to the the point of that feeling of vulnerability of like not being good at something right away or not wanting to fail. And when you put yourself in a position to fail, you get to choose what you make that failure mean if you do end up failing. If you end up not achieving that goal, you get to choose what failure means. Failure could mean something very negative if you choose to let it mean that, or it could just be an another learning lesson. It could just be, okay, that didn't work. What should I try next? What do I want to chase next? Do I want to continue on to this goal and kind of chase or change the path that I was on? Or do I want to chase a different goal? Like which, what's important? Which direction do I want to go with this? Because when you're reaching for something that you've never done before and you have, you're in that position of vulnerability, you're in that position where it's likely that you're going to fail. It can be super reassuring knowing that you have that unwavering support and love of your family. At the end of the day, I'm still your wife. Mm-hmm. I'm still the mom to our two beautiful girls. I'm still a sister. I'm still a daughter. I'm still me. And just because I didn't achieve a running goal that was completely arbitrary that I chose for myself, that doesn't change who I am. In fact, I would argue that it makes me an even better version of me because I tried, because I put myself out there, because I put myself in that position to either achieve something really big or to fail and then to learn from it and to grow from it and to challenge myself because so many people live their life without even challenging themselves. And then they're just completely void of possibility and void of growth. They just stay in the same place in their life 
forever, basically. You yes. know, they just kind of like move along day by day, week by week, year by year, just kind of doing the same thing. And as a runner, I don't think you're wired that way. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you're a runner and you probably want to get better. That's why you're listening to a running podcast. You're trying to figure out ways to improve yourself, both in running and the rest of your life. And so you're not satisfied with the status quo. If you're anything like us and a lot of the people that listen to this podcast and a lot of the people that we work with inside the academy. So when you know that you've got family there to support you, that can make such a huge difference in your willingness to go out there and try to strive for something bigger. Yeah, I think family can be super supportive. Family plays a couple of roles to me. Yeah. When you're trying to like put yourself out there and be like testing your own physical limits, mm-hmm. which is like really what I like to cling to when I go off like big goals of running yeah. is how far can I push myself? Mm-hmm. Family provides sometimes that like encouraging nudge sometimes that nudge that you don't really want to listen to, but it's coming with (laughs) love and it's like, okay, yes, you're right. That is a good path for me. Um, But they also provide the safety net. So they're, Mm -hmm. they're like, they're both sides of sometimes you need their support to help like kind of start you down the path, but also once you're on the path and it's, it's a dangerous, you're not sure if it's going to be successful. They're also always there for, for the support. And I think that they can also help you, consider things from different angles as well. Well, this is why I think it's super helpful to have family that's not all 100% gung-ho on running Yeah, because they can give that outside perspective. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite parts of being in high school is I had running friends and I had friends who didn't even know that I was on the cross-country team. So if I had a really bad race, the kid I was eating lunch with the next day didn't even know I had a race. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really matter. Like there was no reason to be upset because he didn't care. That's so, the difference between guy friends and girlfriends, I think. But it helped <laughs> It helped keep things in perspective yeah. is running was one of the things that I did, but it mm-hmm. wasn't all of me. It wasn't all encompassing. It wasn't all of my friendships. Yeah. That guy, like he, it didn't matter to him. And so it helped realize that, yes, it mattered to me, but there, I shouldn't be like, crushed because of it, because Mm -hmm. it was a lot more than just, again, my time on the clock. Right. But I think that your family can also like kind of where I was going with this is that if you are kind of starting to cross over into the the lane of obsession or doing too much, your your family can try to also rein you back in. Like, yes, you, you were talking about how family can be that encouraging nudge or that safety net, which I think is true, but I think they can also be a lens, um, of safety, and security of like, are you sure this is what you want to do and make you actually rethink things, make you actually decide, yes, this is something that's important or no, maybe I am taking this a little too far. Maybe I do need to pull back a little bit here because I, you know, got so hyper-focused on this goal that I am actually sacrificing some of these other areas in my life that I don't want to sacrifice. Yeah, I got so excited for mm-hmm. this specific goal yeah. that I lost sight of, of right. all of the forest. I'm only looking at the one tree. Yeah. Yeah. We may have had these discussions before as I started increasing <laughs> we distances. We definitely have. Okay. Don't let him, don't let him gaslight any of you. We've had all of these we conversations. We possibly have had them repeatedly. <laughs> you sure? A hundred. That seems like a long hundred miles. Is that really what you want to do? I'm getting a belt buckle. Well, and here's the thing. And I'm, you know, that I'm a hundred percent supportive of you as long as you have the right timeline. Yes. And that's, that's the question. That's always the biggest question mark of like, are you ready for this? And sometimes the answer is 
I'm not sure. And I'm going to try it and, and see, that's see what, what happens. That's what it was right? last year is I think I'm ready. Yeah. Can you support me? And we disagreed on that. Like if, if we, if we're going to be a hundred percent honest on this, like yeah. you said, I think I'm ready. I said, I mean, at, at that point in time, I was on board. Like I was a hundred percent supportive. I was said, if you believe that you're ready, mm-hmm. I will support you 100%. Right. Because we, I think that, and I, I heard this from, you know, one of my business mentors that I follow who's in business with his wife and he, they get, you know, they get asked about their relationship all the time. And one of his cardinal rules is we don't move forward with anything if we don't agree on it. Yep. And I think that's a really good way to do. Like, there's no such thing as compromising per se. It's like, why, like, can we both get to the point where we agree on something? Yeah. And I think that that's super important. And you, I could tell that it was so important for you to attempt this race. Yes. Because you felt like there was a high chance that you could do it. You felt like you were ready and you really, really wanted it. And you wanted to make sure that I was super safe. Yes. So we had a very clear conversation that if it got to a point that I needed to pull the plug or you or the wonderful nurse that we brought with us decided I needed to pull the plug, that I needed to be in agreement with that. Right. Yep. (laughs) And, And we had a lot of these discussions beforehand because I said, how do I know, like, and this is a really good conversation that you guys can have with like your family members if they're you know, have chasing a goal as well is how do I know the difference between you just being tired and me encouraging you to continue on versus you saying, no, Ange, I'm done. Yeah. You know, and we had to be very clear on that too. And also like we, like we said too, if I felt you were unsafe, if our friend felt like you were unsafe, you have to be okay with us canceling, you know, right. calling, pulling you off the course right. and being done. Which, which was difficult. Yeah. Like that took, that took a day for me to like actually yeah. reflect on that and be like, am I okay? Mm-hmm. Like if, if I am, if I am outvoted in this, yeah. if it is a two to one, I mm-hmm. want to keep going. And, and both of the logical people who are not umpteen miles into the race yeah. and not thinking clearly as I, as I am here say I should be done, then I need to be done. Yeah. And, and I, I came around, I accepted that. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting though, because in the lead up to that hundred mile race in the um, race packet and all the information online, when they were guiding you on who to choose for your race crew, they highly suggested not choosing family members. Yes, they did. And part of that reason was because they didn't think that family members could be as objective. Yeah. They don't know you. As that well. was a bit, well, <laughs> that's why every family's different. But very, very true. Like yep. your family could blindly support mm-hmm. you and put you into an unsafe situation. Right. That's not where you're coming. Mm-hmm. You will support, but you're not going to put me in any sort of unsafe situation. Yeah. And I think that you have to know your family members and choose the ones that you want to take certain pieces of advice from. Which I think kind of leads us into step three. Yep. All right. Let's so do it. Step three you somewhat get to choose your own running family. Like you don't get to choose the family you're born into, Mm -hmm. but you do get to choose a lot of how you have the family around you. Yeah. I mean, and I would even take the word running out of it and just say, you get to choose your family. That, That is something that I believe. So, you know, we've talked about how running can improve our family life. We've talked about how family can improve our running. And in, in part number three, we really want to talk about the fact that 
you can choose your own family because some of you might be listening to this thinking, I don't know who in my family I would go to for this. I don't know who in my family are supportive of this because they all think I'm crazy. None of them are on board with this or they live far away so they couldn't support me. We have great news. You can choose your own family. You get to pick. And like Kevin said, you can't control the family that you were born into biologically. But the way that we see family um, and the way that especially like me, like I think that the family that we have in our lives are the people that are the closest to us and the way that we've kind of been talking about family in this whole episode. They're the people that are going to love you and support you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. They're the people that you know always have your back. They're the people that connect with you. And let's all be 100% honest. There's probably someone in your family that you don't connect with that doesn't support you that you're like, how is this person a part of my family? Mm -hmm. I think that all of us have that, right? Like, we look at certain parts of our family. I know that I have those people in my family that are just... I see them on the holidays and that's, that's kind of it. And, and, yeah, and we're fine. cordial and I have nothing wrong with this person. I don't talk crap about these people. There's nothing wrong with them, but they're just not my people. Yep. Even though we share the same blood, they're not my people. They don't understand me. We don't share the same values. They don't, we don't share, you know, really any similar interests or experiences. There's just not connection. There's there just no connection. Family tree. Right. And so, would I rather call that person my family or would I rather call the people that I spend, you know, that I talk to every week that I run with multiple times per week? Would I rather call those people my family? Because those are the people that I know that I can turn to when I'm high or when I'm low. Yep. They're the people that I know will be there. They're the people that will wake up at 5 a.m. to run miles with me. That's my running family. And then we have friends that we consider family because they're I'm so connected to certain people in my life that I'm not related to, but that person feels like a sister to me. That person feels like they are as close as family bonds because of the connection that we share. Right. So if you get yourself trapped in, well, my family is simply the people that that I'm born into. That's my family. And they, I just, I got who I got and they don't understand me. They don't yeah. get it. It leads to this feeling. It, it can lead to this feeling of isolation, yeah. the, of loneliness that mm -hmm. you're out here trying to do this running journey all on your own. It's so difficult and you don't have a, a support group around you yeah. because your family just doesn't get it. And then you look to somebody else, they've got the support supportive family you're running a race and you can see like like the the mom and the kids out there that have all made signs and like the whole family's that's over us there. that's the browns right <laughs> and you're like oh this like so disappointed that you don't have like the same family out there with like the signs and everything you you can you definitely can. You just need to start creating that family around you. Yeah. Like we've been to plenty of races that people that are close to the level of family, they are mm -hmm. not biologically connected to us, yeah. but we have had people out with signs mm -hmm. at races before yeah. who have made decent treks to get to various races before. So you can create a very supportive family. We've gone out to support races. I was just about to say, before. like we've gone to races that we haven't run to yep. support other people that we consider a part of our running family. Yes, very much so. Yeah. And so you don't need 
every single part of your biological family to be 100% informed or 100% supportive, some of them are just never going to get it. And that's totally okay. They don't have to. Like you can try your best at Christmas and Thanksgiving to explain to them why you run and what you're doing. And there still might, you know, there still might be people that look at you with that deer in the headlight look and just not even understand, like, I don't know how you do it. Like the fact that you're going out to run anything more than a mile is baffling to them. Like, oh, I've never run a mile in my life or the most I've ever run is two miles in gym class and, you know, or in practice in high school. Right. And so I think that there's kind of two, two ways we can go with this. Like if you have people in your life that don't really understand it, there's, you can, kind of try to overcompensate and try to like tell them all the things and try to convince them and get them on board and like (laughs) invite them to come with you. Or you might have a tendency to kind of shut them out and just like not talk about it at all. And I think that both of those things are are kind of dangerous because both of them can lead to that, again, that feeling of, of loneliness or disappointment when they don't get it. Like when they, if they don't love it as much as you, or if they still don't understand it, despite you explaining it to them m- multiple times um, so that instead you just kind of shut them out. And if you do end up going to that route and shutting them out, then you're not even opening a door to like let them in, to try to bring them into your world. And that's just automatically leading to more of that isolation. Right. I mean, there are people in in your family that I've talked to at holidays who don't get why running is so important to me, Mm -hmm. but they get that it is important to me. Yes. And that's all that really matters. They get that it is important. They get the amount of work and effort and time commitment that I put Mm -hmm. into getting to the level that I'm at and they get that things in their life mm-hmm. that are difficult and take all sorts of work yes. and time and commitment to it yep. that, of things that are important to them that I have no interest in. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, that is awesome how committed you are to that. That's how committed and important running is to me. Mm-hmm. And even though the things could be completely unrelated, you get like, you could do music and art mm-hmm. and running and, and a different sport and all sorts of all over the their chart. career. Yeah. Their career, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're super strong and committed. And it's a very important thing. People have something in their life that is important to them that they put a whole lot of time and effort forth into. Mm-hmm. And if you can say running is that thing for me, that might be enough to just build a connection. Mm -hmm. They don't have to get all the details of running. They could fully believe that it is a 5K marathon, that that's a thing. (laughs) Like, did did you win your 5K marathon this weekend? Yes, I did. Yes. Like, Thank you, Uncle Jack. It doesn't matter to them Mm -hmm. what the distance and time is. They get that it was important to you. And so they're going to cheer you on and be like, that's awesome. Right. They might not even know if it's awesome or not. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing is it doesn't really matter, but it's important to you. And they get that what's important is something that you've worked really hard for. And they get the idea of working hard for something important. Yeah. Like the best is like, oh, like, you know, they'll maybe they'll even know that they should ask your time on something. Like maybe they know enough and then they'll be like, is that good? Is that good? <laughs> right? Like, what was your time? It was this. Is that good? Were you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was happy about Were you it. Happy with yeah. that? Yes. Awesome. Great. Then. Right. Um, so you can try to connect with your family on it if you want to. You don't have to, right? On the other hand, you can create a running family that understands your experiences and try to find a running group or other friends that really get it because 
my my running friends and I have this joke that like after six miles, there's no boundaries or limitations. Like <laughs> TMI is not a thing after six miles no. because when you just there's do, no filter. there's no filter, right? You lose that for sure much earlier on in the process. Some people might argue that's even lower than six miles, but definitely anything over six miles, there's no, there's no rules. You know, it's just kind of a, a circus in the, the wild west out there. You can talk about it all. I mean, that's why in high school you get so close to anybody that you've ever done like track with yeah. in high school for anybody who listened to had that experience. Mm-hmm. There is nothing quite like quarters until you drop. <laughs> To bring people together. And don't get me wrong. This is not exactly the greatest training method. I no. used to think that it was, and I had a whole different thing. Not what we recommend anymore. But I, I just recently saw a post of, you want to really connect with a group of friends, head to a track, run a 400 really hard, and then repeat it until everybody out of the group is laying on the ground. That is going to be an incredibly bonding experience. It yeah. might take longer for some than others, but the whole idea of just going to the track and running one lap at a time really, really hard until everybody's dropped is going to be incredibly bonding. Wow. Um, that is one way to do it. Right? Right? I mean, but they, it's hard to disagree. They say that trauma does connect people. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's dry heaving in the corner. It's fine. Right. But like, you know, it's funny because if you actually think about it, if you have people that you run with, physically in person, like a running group, you're out there. And if you like to talk on your long runs or on all of your runs, like my friends and I do, you just understand each other's lives. You update each other on a very regular basis. If you think about all the friends that you have in your life, how many of them do you talk to that regularly? How many of them do you talk to multiple times per week? And how many of them do you go out on Saturday and spend an hour and a half just chatting like you do with your running friends. Very good point. You know, like just the amount of time that you spend together, you should probably like that person. You should probably know that person a little bit. Like, you know, I ran with um, a friend of mine this weekend and she's in my running group, but she moved away and we didn't really know each other that well, but this weekend we ended up running together and we got to know each other a lot better, you know, (laughs) after, you know, we ran together for over an hour, like, you get to know people on a different level and people just open up and they share their vulnerabilities. They share some of their, more of their stories. Like some of the things that I've heard on a run, I've just like, some of them have knocked the wind out of me before, you know, because you realize what things that people have dealt with in their lives and, and how traumatic some people's lives have been and what people are dealing with, what got them into running in the first place, right? There's a lot in people's stories. And when people trust you enough to share their story with you, I believe there's no greater gift because they're sharing a piece of themselves with you. They're sharing a part of their lives. And that is a gift that automatically connects you to them. So just because you didn't grow up in the same household as them, you still can love that person. You can still um, support that person. You can still be there for each other in a way that maybe you don't connect with other people in your life. And that's a very powerful bond. Yeah. I mean, these these running groups, even if you don't go out and run step-by-step with someone else in the group, if you're with people beforehand, maybe you do a little bit with people during the run and afterwards, there's all sorts of studies that actually shown that the bonding that you get on the back end of it, after you've gone through the hard part, Mm -hmm. because don't get me wrong, like during a track workout, during hard workouts, I've not had 
like deep conversations with people. Right. But it's the chit chat before. Mm -hmm. And then especially afterwards, your body actually gets better benefits from the workout. Because of the hormones. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when you go from like the hard workout into now like relaxing chit chat with the people around you, Mm -hmm. your body immediately gets this trigger that you're in a safe space and it can flip from flight or fight flight or fight fight or flight thank you yep into i I was going to say sympathetic and parasympathetic but i always get backwards of which one's which it now realizes that it's in a safe place Mm -hmm. and you get the kick of like the 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 hormones that say you're good you're fine Mm -hmm. cortisol starts coming down and your body quickly goes into recovery so you're literally going to be less sore after a workout if you're able to hang out with your friends for a little bit afterwards yeah which is why i love my saturday morning coffee runs just gonna say your saturday morning coffee Yeah. Like after, like my friends and I, we do Saturday morning long runs and then we go to Starbucks and we sit and have coffee. And then I, you know, like to go, there's an outdoor yoga class that I love to go to as well. That just puts the icing on my Saturday morning. But regardless, I mean, we have even have people that don't run on Saturdays that still come meet us for coffee, right? Because they they were like, oh, I got my run in on Friday, but I'll still meet you guys for coffee because it's such a bonding and connect connecting experience just to be around other people that are like-minded like you, because you can strive together to push each other to higher levels, whether that's whether or not you are running together or not, because you're like, people start talking about their goals and you're like, oh, maybe I should do that too, Mm -hmm. you know, or actually inside a run, if you have a, a running buddy that you do run with, when that workout gets hard, when your body feels tired, and you see that person running right next to you, I know it's happened for me plenty of times where I think to myself, I just have to keep up with her. You know, I just have to stay with her. Don't let her get away. And that pushes me to get more out of myself on those times where maybe I would have slowed down a little bit. Maybe I wouldn't have pushed myself as hard. When I have my running friend there to push me, that makes me push even harder. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that your running family, I mean, we kind of covered this before with like your, your family and how family can help support your running, Mm -hmm. but your running family where everybody really does get it also does provide that, that nice groundedness of however great the workout went, you're still the same person that showed up at the start of the workout. Maybe it's the longest run you've ever had. You're still the same person ultimately. (laughs) So like it's great and you can celebrate it, but the next day you're going to get out and you're still going to run with them. And maybe it's going to be a good run. Maybe it won't be, but like, you're still like the same group of people. You can kind of help push each other, but you can also keep each other grounded a little bit. Yeah. And if you don't reach your goal, likely it's very likely that they've experienced that feeling too. Very good point. So you can like, you don't have to say a lot. You can say like, I was, my goal was this and this is what I got. And they're like, Ooh, yeah, I get it. They know exactly I what get that it. means. Right. Because they just know because they've probably been there. They've probably experienced something similar before. So when you have people that can understand you on a deeper level, it's just semantics. Do you want to call them your friends? Do you want to call them their, your family? How, however you want to think about them is what they are because a relationship with some, someone is simply your thoughts about that person. It's your thoughts about the relationship between you. That's, that's what it is. So if you want to think of someone as your family, you don't have to tell them that, like, if you want to (laughs) go for it, right. But you don't have to tell them, but in your head, you know, that 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 person has your back or those people have your back. And to, to us, that's really what family is. Family is that unconditional love and support that you can 
count on that you know is going to be there no matter what to love you and be there with you and support you through the highs and the lows and everything in between. Excellent. I think that kind of sums up all of our our whole take here. So family can, family can help your running, running can help your family, and you can kind of form the family that you need around you Mm -hmm. to help reach those, those higher levels in running. Absolutely. So you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you also to all of you that have been leaving reviews. We have um, you know, we read all of the reviews that you guys leave for us over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I think is what it's called now, if it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, if you haven't left us a review yet, we would love that. If you already have, you can leave another one based on just this episode. You can do, you know, multiple reviews based on different episodes. You can review the podcast as a whole. Um, and that would just be such a great way for you to let us know what you like about the podcast so that we can keep making content that is useful and helpful for you. Um, so head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review over there. And if you haven't connected with us over on Instagram yet, we're at Real Life Runners. Shoot me a DM and say hi and let me know that you found us through the podcast. And don't be afraid to also share this with your friends. So share all the podcasts. Or family. Or family, yeah. Or friends that you consider family. (laughs) All right, you guys. As always, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. We appreciate you. And this has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 296. Now get out there and run your life.